been a supporter of the Gideons now for over 50 years. If you die, look around, you don't get flowers from us. You get Bibles sent in memory of uh, the life that you've lived. <clears throat> Take your Bible and turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 8, for our scripture reading. Mark, chapter number 8. Uh, I appreciate so much the opportunity to stand again this morning. Still having problems with the voice, so pray for us this morning. <clears throat> Mark chapter number 8, verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him, or begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught or anything. And he looked up, and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. I've come to a place in my ministry where I don't want to just preach a message, I want to preach the message. The message that God wants. Uh, I want to say what God says. I want to preach the message that God wants me to preach. Uh, and yet I want to be silent where God is silent. Uh, now, I realize there's a lot of miracles in, in the Word of God. And uh, I, I want you to listen closely this morning. I think God has something for us. I think God's going to take us somewhere. And uh, you just pray for me that I'll be able to make it clear. <clears throat> I have a skeleton of an outline. <clears throat> if you only just have the skeleton and you don't have any meat on the skeleton, you don't get much. In other words, if I could just get up here and read you the outline and you say, I didn't get anything out of that. When I get done preaching today, you may also say, I didn't get anything out of that either. But uh, anyhow, you bear with me. Five points I'm going to share with you. Write them down. Jesus cared for this man's friends. Uh, in other words, um, I like this miracle because it deals with a vision. And God says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, we don't know who they were uh, that, uh, that brought the blind man to Jesus. Uh, but ever who they were, according to the scriptures, they were concerned about the condition of this blind man. It says they besought Jesus. They begged Jesus to touch him. In other words, here's some friends that cared deeply because of this man's blindness. And they cared enough to want him to be able to see again. And so these friends believed that Jesus could heal uh, this man of this blindness, uh, and just as he had cared about others, he cared others uh, about others, and, and, and I want you to notice here, uh, not only did Jesus care about the man's friends, uh, but Jesus, there in verse number 23, it says he cared about the man's condition. You'll notice here that he takes the blind man, he takes him by the hand, and he leads him out of the town of Bethsaida. Now, you know that Jesus has been in Bethsaida 
we know that he has preached there unto them, and they have rejected his message. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he says unto them, Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. And he says, If the miracles and the message had been preached in Tyre and Sidon, he says they would have repented of their sins long ago, and it would be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than it is for the city of Bethsaida. Sometimes the Lord has to take us away from certain situations in order to get our attention. He took him out of the city of Bethsaida, and he took him by the hand, and he leads him out somewhere. And uh, you'll notice several things in, in doing the miracle that he did unto this man. Now, he uh, performed many miracles, if you remember, in Nazareth. Uh, but he could no longer preach and carry uh, miracles uh, healings there in, in Nazareth. Uh, so he led the man out of the town and, and uh, he spit on his eyes. Now I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Now, I don't think there was any medical value in the, the saliva. But uh, Jesus knew all. He knew all the problems. Uh, he knew the difficulties that, that this man had in his blindness. Uh, he knew that this man needed to be perfectly healed. He cared for this man's condition, so he took the blind man and he led him out of the town. He was very sensitive to the man's needs. Paul says in Romans 15 and 1, he said, We that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So let's see if we can discover some spiritual truths that is found here in the Word of God. If you remember in the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 9, Jesus just simply spoke to the blind man and he was healed. And he simply said, don't tell anybody about this. And he's, he had to be a Baptist because he went out and told everybody. But anyhow, he asked, him, he asked him not to share it because he said the publication of the miracles here, if they hear about it, he says, all this crowd will come and he'll hinder me in the work in which I'm trying to do here in the city. In Matthew chapter number 12, Jesus gave sight to a blind man that was demon-possessed, that was blind and was mute. And in Luke chapter number 18, Jesus gave sight to a blind man while he was coming into Jericho. In Matthew chapter number 20, Jesus gave sight to two blind men when leaving Jericho. And one of those men was a man by the name of Bartimaeus. And then in John chapter number 9, Jesus gave sight to a blind man by spitting on the ground and putting that mixture on the man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now in studying about all of this, uh, I never noticed this before, but, but, but while many uh, miracles were being performed in the Bible, uh, only Jesus... Uh, only Jesus healed the blind. So that has some significance in it. Uh, there's another miracle in the, gospel, in, the, in the epistle of Acts chapter number 9. When from heaven Jesus blinded uh, a man by the name of Saul who was known as Paul on the Damascus road. And he used a man by the name of Ananias to lay hands upon Paul and he received his sight. So several ways... 
Jesus has restored sight. He spoke the word of God and a person received their sight. And another time he lay hands on them and then there was a time that he spit in a man's eyes and he was healed. Another time he spits on the ground and takes that mixture there and puts it on the man's eyes and told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. All had the same problem. All had the same need. All received their sight when Jesus was there healing them. Now if that had happened in this day, there would have been three denominations started on that day because one says, well, it needs to be done like this. Jesus, we need to do like Jesus did in speaking unto them. Another one would have said, no, it says we can't do that. We need to spit on their eyes. And another said, no, we can't do that. we got to spit on the ground. So there have been three denominations trying to figure out how that you are going to heal this person. I'm glad today that God knows what He's doing and we all need that touch from God. Jesus cared for this man's belief. <clears throat> the Jews of that day <clears throat> believed that spittle or saliva had some healing power in it. Now many of you... Have you ever burned your finger? Ladies, have you ever been cooking and burned your finger? And why did you do that? I went out and got the crock pot for my wife this morning. And I burnt that right on the end. Hit it. Saliva seems to ease the pain. Remember when you were younger and you skint your knee or you skint your elbow and mama would say, you want me to kiss it and make it well? Any of y'all ladies ever done that? My mama done that a lot of times. I'm just glad I didn't get skint in certain places. So what did Jesus do? He spit on the man's eyes and put his hands upon him. Now, in your mouth, in your mouth is your DNA. Carolyn Gerard can vouch for that. She went through that program and she did a swab of her mouth. Her sister done it. Her daughter did it. And you put it in the envelope, and even though it's in the envelope and it goes by mail, and then when it gets there to them, they take that out and they, they inspect that DNA and they can tell you where you have come from. They tell where your family has come from. It also can tell if you've got a certain disease that needs to be treated. Am I right on that, Carolyn? Sure, sure. All right, think about that now. DNA in your mouth makes up your biological self. In your mouth, there is a ophrium, I believe is the correct, maybe the way you pronounce that. Forgive me if I didn't pronounce it right. Do you know what that is? In your mouth is a painkiller that is stronger than morphine. Did you know that? No, you didn't, because I didn't either. <clears throat> so Jesus focused 
demands attention upon the healing power of both the saliva and the touch of his hand. In other words, he cared for this man's belief in the healing power of saliva. He began where the man believes uh, and led him to a belief. And the healing comes from the Lord Jesus Christ uh, through his touch upon him. Now, I realize uh, there's some other questions here. And I said to you a couple of times ago when I preached, uh, I said to you that many of Jesus' sermons came from a question. So in Hebrews chapter number 4, verses 15 and 16, he says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Now note three things in his caring. We're to care for people even when their belief is wrong. Let me say that again. We're to care for people even when their belief is wrong. We should begin, number two, where people are dealing with them. And number three, we must always lead people to the fact that it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that uh, they are saved or they are healed of whatever it is. Why did Jesus spit on the ground? Why did He make the mixture? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it did it. And Jesus says, I do all things to please the Father. It pleased the Father for Jesus to walk on the water. It pleased the Father for Jesus to feed the multitude. It pleased the Father for Jesus to say to the uh, boyish seas, uh, peace be still, uh, and they were still. It pleased the Father for Jesus to raise the dead, uh, to heal the leopard. Uh, It pleased the Father for uh, Jesus to spit on the ground. Uh, It pleased the Father for Jesus to go to the cross and die on the cross of Calvary, uh, that whosoever will can be uh, believe in Him and trust in Him and be born into the family of God and come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and go to heaven when this life is over with. Amen. 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 Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Back to Jesus speeding on the ground. Because of modern technology, you can swab your mouth... Uh, And they can tell who your offspring are. Tell you where your family comes from. So what did Jesus do? He he put his DNA on the ground. Now listen to me. He put his DNA on the ground. I heard it it about five years ago illustrated like this. And I'd kind of forgotten about it. But I'd made a note in my other Bible that I no longer preach in, but somehow I went back and dug this up. <clears throat> if you've got an old car that you just drive, and you don't care much about it, and it breaks down, what do you do? Well, you want to get it fixed, do you not? And so, 
You go down to where Ricky works and you buy you some aftermarket parts. They may fit, they may not. But you put those aftermarket parts on that old car in order that you might get it to going again. Now, if you purchased a new car, a new truck like a couple of guys here in the church, and you're going, you're going somewhere and you stop and somebody hits you in the rear end, or you got your car parked at your work, and this guy leaves his car out of gear and comes down and sideswipes your new truck uh, there. You don't want aftermarket parts on that new truck. Ernie don't want aftermarket parts on that new truck. That How many miles you got on it, Ernie? 3,800. 3, and this guy hit him in the rear end and now... Uh, he don't want that. He don't want no aftermarket parts on that truck. In fact, he wants a new truck. Now, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for, for wanting to do that. Uh, so, if you purchase that new car and you're driving home and uh, it gets hit, you, you, you don't want any aftermarket parts. What do you want on it? You want the original parts. So, all... That's in the saliva. It's a DNA. Excuse me, I just spit again. So, the blind man, he took the blind man and he spit on the ground, put his DNA there. And he went back to the original parts store. The earth, that's the original part store. Man was made from what? Dirt, dust of the ground. So he mixed that mixture up. He had his DNA. He had the original part store. He He applied it to the man's eyes. And the Bible says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Had he went to any other place to wash besides the pool of Siloam, he would not have got his sight. Just like when, uh, uh, what was the man's name, he had to dip seven times? What? I'll think of it in a minute. What was his name? What? Okay. And Naaman, Naaman, Naaman dipped. Seven times, did he not? If he had dipped six times. And he said unto them when they said, Go dip yourself in the river of Jordan. What was his, what was his excuse there? He says, Aren't there rivers back home that are clear and pretty and all like that? And why can't I dip myself in them? He said, No, you go do what God said. And it says there, now listen. It says there when he dipped that seventh time, it says when he come up, he says his skin was like baby's skin. Had leprosy. And when he came out, he was okay. Let me say again, all that you are, as far as your DNA, is found in your spit. There was a time when all of us were blind and we could not see. Someone had to bring us to Christ. I'm grateful for a man by the name of Monroe Ursery.
He was a pastor. He milked cows for a living. He had his, this hand here. He had it severed off here because he worked in a place where they made uh, wooden shingles. Uh, but this man could preach and this man could pray. I went down to the church one day because I was reared up in a place where I believed you could lose your salvation. And I went down to, I went down to hear Brother Monroe and let Brother Monroe uh, straighten me out theologically. Well, I went down there and, and, and before I got into his office, I heard him praying. Well, I don't want to disturb a man's prayer. So, but I really want to talk to him about my salvation because I don't, uh, you know, uh, I hadn't been saved long. And I used to be bad to use verbal words that were not pleasing to the ear. And I went back to work and this man made me mad. And I went back to old Adam. And I gave him a good old time cursing. And I lost my salvation. Or I thought I did. Well, I wanted to talk to Brother Monroe. I waited. He prayed an hour. I sat out there. He prayed another hour. And I said, ain't no use me hanging around here. He's going to pray all afternoon. So I went on back. Come Wednesday night, I showed up and I said, Brother Monroe, I'd like to talk to you. He says, what's, the, what's your problem? I said, I got, I got lost again. I said, I, I, was, I, was, I was doing my job and this man made me mad and I just, I just flew off the handle. Y'all ever done that? It's kind of like what the pastor said the other day. The devil will put things in your head. Sometimes God takes us out of our comfort zone. I believe last Sunday he, made, he, he asked a question. How many of you are, have been dealing with the disease of cancer? And several of you raised your hand. He took you out of that comfort zone that you're in and put you in a discomfort zone. And some of you now are, are, dealing, uh, are dealing with that. Uh, and so all these people that Jesus healed... Uh, had been taken from an uncomfortable zone and put in a comfort zone. They could see. They could talk. And we know here that in the Word of God, the Bible said that uh, He asked a man, He said, uh, what did you see? And what was it He saw? He saw trees like men walking. And so, what did Jesus do? He gave him a second touch. And he says, now, I see everything clearly. <clears throat> Been a few times I needed that second touch. He cared not only for this man's friends, not only did he care for this man's condition, not only did he care for this man's belief, uh, but he cared enough to satisfy the man's needs. Uh, he was blind. On September the 15th, 
1965, I was blind. I couldn't see. I heard a man preach that night in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 16. If you've ever read that, you know it's about the rich man and the poor man by the name of Lazarus. We know that the Bible says that Lazarus died and the angels came and carried him into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and it says, and they buried him. But the next moment it says, and he lifted his eyes being in torment. And he said, Father Abraham, he says, send somebody to just dip their finger in some water and cool my parching tongue. And he says, send them to my brother's house. My father said, I got brother in there. Tell them not to come here. Jesus says they, 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 they wouldn't listen to the ones that was already here. They, they wouldn't listen to one though he'd been resurrected from the dead. Jesus cared enough for the man's family. Notice what he says in verse number 26. And he sent him away into his house saying, Neither go into town nor tell it to any of the town. So he says here, don't go back to Bethsaida, but go home. He wanted him to go home and share the good news with his family. I went back to where my, my mom and dad lived. I was told them that I was no longer blind, but I'd got my sight. It didn't excite them a bit. I went over to my brother-in-law's house, whom I found out later had been praying for me. And Mary went through the door and she told everybody, that I'd gotten saved at night at church. And Robert come over and he picked me up and he run all over the house with me. <laughs> and he was saying, whee, whee, whee. He's saved, whee. Thank God he's saved. I'm no longer blind. But now I see. Now, I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. But I need a touch from the Lord. I've been diagnosed with some complications in my body, in my lungs. Having a hard time breathing. I need a touch from the Lord. Me and Melissa are supposed to try to sing this thing. I don't know where I can or not. She ain't saying you done heard that. But I'm going to try. Been a very difficult year. And he can touch me if he desires to do so. I remember an old song. It goes something like this. <clears throat> Shackled by a 
heavy burden neath the load of guilt and shame sing with me then the hand of Jesus touched me and now I am no longer the same he touched me Oh, He touched me, and all oh, the joys that flood my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. Since I met this bliss, it's Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise Him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. You need a touch today. Do you? You need a touch today. We're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to give you an opportunity. Maybe you need to come and pray about something. Maybe you're going through some difficult things in your life. And you need to come and pray. Or you, as the pastor says, you can do business with God right where you're at. But I encourage you to do business with God this morning as they come to get ready. Father, I thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you for your pardon. That night I really wasn't looking for you, but you were looking for me. And I'm glad that you made the gospel clear. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Thank you for the promises that I find in the Word of God where you tell me you'll never leave me nor ever forsake me. But you go with me unto the end. Thank you for the privilege this morning to call you my Father. Maybe somebody here today that don't know you as their Father. I pray today, God, that you would speak to their heart. They need that touch from God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. 
We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.